Welcome to season two of the Paper Talk podcast, where we have candid conversations with artists and industry leaders from around the world. Our goal is to share knowledge, connect our community, and elevate the artistry of our craft. Hi, I'm Jesse Chu. Hello, I am Quinn Wynn, and we are the founders of the Paper Floors Collective. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode number 35, Over Coffee, with Jesse and myself. We are actually doing a new segment where we're asking our members some specific questions. And we've got some really interesting questions back. One is from Shirley Temple. She says, if you haven't already, it would be interesting to know what you all find as the most effective shipping method for your product, what materials, what carrier, et cetera. So any thoughts on, because you're from Canada, Jesse, mm-hmm. what yeah. do you use and what's the best way that you pack your flowers? Well, obviously I'm going to use a shipping, <laughs> shipping, uh, a, a shipping cardboard box. The one that is actually made for shipping. You're usually it's corrugated so that it is dirty enough to uphold any kind of weight being put on it. That said, I'm super paranoid about my bouquets. So I generally do kind of do a DIY. Mm-hmm. I, I create like these little structures where I support the corners of my yes. boxes. So my boxes tend to be fairly mm-hmm. big. That's because my bouquets, you know, yes. bouquets when you ship them. They're never as small as you hope they would be. So my shipping boxes tend to be fairly big. They tend to be about 20 in 22, mm-hmm. 20, it's the 22, 18, 12 inches dimensions. And the 12, usually I can adjust it so I can make it smaller or shorter, yeah. I would say the depth of it yep. shorter if I needed to. And then I would create these little structures to support the corners so that when I put the bouquet in, if something was to go on top, there would be a little bit more uh, strength in the corners of the box. And then I generally will wrap my bouquet in, you know, pretty tissue Mm -hmm. paper and, and support it so that doesn't move so much. Usually with like stiffer, I guess, craft paper. And if that said though, if I have like peanuts, I would reuse the peanuts. Like I don't buy Mm -hmm. peanuts because there's no way I'm going to store them. And I'm not a big fan of peanuts. But if I get gifts, like Christmas is like the perfect example. I'll get gifts with peanuts in them. Then I'll reuse them. I try to reuse actually as much as I can. One, because I can't believe how many Amazon boxes I get. It's such (laughs) a waste. So I do reuse them. And when I reuse them, I turn them inside out so that there's no labels on the outside. You don't want your carrier to be confused by where it's going. Also, it just looks better from the mm-hmm. outside. And then the inside, it will have maybe have all the stickers. But you know, for me, it's just, it's a reusable, sorry, I want to save the environment. So yeah, exactly, exactly. And so I'll do that. So peanuts I might use, but I do find that the stiffer craft paper helps a is better from what yeah. I do, just because it just it keeps the bouquet, which is one big lump, from moving around. Um, if you do have smaller flowers, I've used. I think peanuts are a little bit more effective because they kind of get in between the little between the your stems, and it keeps it in place. So I've done that as well, and then I throw in you know all my branding stuff. But the last thing I do is I either literally use the clear tape to tape up my entire outside of the box, especially the bottom and any of the crack or depending on the box, some of my boxes will fit into like a clear plastic, large garbage bag. And then I fold it up. So it's nice and tight along the edges so that, you know, you're not paying an extra fee for the size of the box, but I make it nice and tight. I tape it all down and that protects it as well in terms of the waterproofing because my bouquets go along way. Most of them are shipped out internationally. And so just to cover myself so that in case the carrier decides to throw it, you know, on outside of the door and it starts to rain, it will kind of protect it a little bit, hopefully. But yeah, I 
honestly, my, my shipping is very basic. Oh, sorry. The other question of in terms of effective shipping method in Canada, at least we have secure ship, which is similar to what you guys have. I think it's like pirate ship or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So similar to that, that so we have that and that helps in terms of reducing the shipping costs. That is my son, mm-hmm. our intern. <laughs> baby intern. <laughs> you to be a future paper florist one day, we hope. <laughs> He's <laughs> testing it out, people. <laughs> he is testing it out. It's his nap time. But yeah, anyways, so that's what I do. Very simple, very effective. And the other thing is Canada Post, if you're in Canada, Canada Post, if you sign up for a business account, they will provide a reduced shipping, uh, shipping cost for you. But yeah, Quinn, maybe you should talk about what you do because you're in the United States and I know a lot of our followers are from, from the yeah. US. So I do use Pirate Ship. It's a great discount shipping method. They use mainly United States Postal Office. I would highly recommend if you're shipping wedding flowers, actually to go through UPS and sign up for the business account, you do get a little bit of a discount there. But mainly if you're shipping wedding bouquets, bigger items, you definitely want to go UPS because the United States Post Office, when their shipping boxes go a little bit higher, their price is going to go way up. But if you can keep it under a certain size and a certain weight, United States Post Office is much cheaper to ship. So saying that, how do you go about shipping it? So what I actually end up doing is I go to the dollar store. I actually get the foam cord. And what I do, if it's a wedding bouquet, I actually will rearrange it the way I foresee it. And then what I do is I attach it to the foam cord by punching several strategic holes that will hold the bouquet in place so it doesn't move. Then I, I also cut the foam cord so it fits. So I usually ship my box in a 14 by 14, but just enough because my bouquets are usually not that tall, but it could be that wide. And what I do is I make sure that it lays, there's usually a front to the bouquet. So I lay the back to the board and then I strategically punch hole, I take my light wire gauge and then I tie it to the foam cord itself, attaches it securely. And then what I do is I make sure that I clear tape it on the outside. And when I take it to UPS, it was like, wow, you did a great job taping that. (laughs) It was like, well, I just need to make sure my buck's protected. And so talking about the structure, the foam cord is actually pretty strong if you have it cut flush to the board itself. So it's a really good way to make sure that flower doesn't move and you still get that structure and you're not using too much materials at the same time. That's a great idea. I think I did that once, not with foam core though, with just whatever cardboard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'll work too. But like you, I think it just, you know, at the end of the day, it depends on what you have, what, you know, what the size is, if it's a bouquet, if it's loose stems, if it's a weird shape. I think it, you just kind of have to be creative. Yeah. Exactly. It, you know, I think, I, oh, zip ties work really well too. So if you guys, you, if you guys have zip ties, zip ties work amazing. Just make sure you let your, your client know like how to unwrap it. Oh, one thing I did have to warn a client once was to tell them to be careful about cutting into the top of the box. They don't, because there was one time when it was pretty packed that I did have, I just wanted to warn them just in mm-hmm. case they went crazy with their exacto <laughs> knife and cut through the top of, of a bouquet or something. Yeah. I think, you know, most clients, if they see the effort that you've gone through in terms of ensuring that your product gets to them safely, they really appreciate it. No matter what. Exactly. It I always put a little thank you card in there and also how to take care of their flowers after their event. So um, yes. especially when they open it up, you do want it to be pretty. And so I do yes. wrap it with tissue paper on top of that. And just so it looks like a present when they open it up. It's so yeah. nice. Those unwrapping. Yep. Those- <laughs> We also have a question from Louisa O'Donohue who asks, 
how do you know what weight of paper to use for different flowers? That is such a tricky question. <laughs> I know it is. It's so, so tricky. Let's talk about the two different countries, the Italian and German. Yeah. Let's break it down that way because yeah. the topic is yeah. so crazy, especially I feel like in it the is. past eight months, I feel like so many new paperweights has been introduced to the group. Let's talk about the Italian. Of course, we have the amazing 180 and then they also now is offering 90 and 60 and 40. And mm-hmm. I think the easy one right now is let's talk about the 180. I think that one's easily yeah. accessible. Our main buyers in the United States is cartfinney.com. They have beautiful colors. They partner up with Tiffany Turner to create these beautiful palettes. And they just introduced eight new colors this year, which is really fabulous. My main purpose when I use 180 for myself, because the crepe is so strong and there's so many pleats on it, and you can stretch it quite a bit. I like to use it for a large wallflowers. But saying that, I've also used it for teeny tiny flowers, like my cherry blossom, because for the value of your money, the Italian crepe paper is oh, for sure. a great value. And so what I usually do, if I'm creating more delicate flowers, I actually stretch the paper out a lot, as much, almost as much as they'll go. I leave a tiny bit less so I can just cup it slightly because the flowers that I usually do are like the cherry blossom. They do require a little bit of cupping. So I make sure that I mm-hmm. leave just enough cupping left so I can stretch it when I finish the flower. Mm-hmm. But saying that, I've also used it for my dahlias. And I think it's one of the versatile flowers because you can use it for large and you can use it for smaller flowers. For sure. Coloring wise, this will be the interesting part for me is I feel like Italian crepe paper can't absorb as much color medium as the German crepe paper. But mm-hmm. Saying that, if you go to the lighter one, like the 60 and the 40, they can actually use a lot more color mediums. And saying that, mm-hmm. I'm talking about alcohol inks, alcohol markers, pen pastels, new pastels, soft pastels, hard pastels, <laughs> color sprays. There's so many ways. Yeah. And of course, watercolor, watercolor pencil, watercolor, you know, yeah. the ink form, the water form, so many. There's so many. And it's, that's the fun part. I mean, acrylic paint, those are fantastic. Yeah. How about you? What I think the best way is to really experiment with different mediums on the different types of crepe paper. It's hard because part of it is also your, I think, your artistic style. Mm-hmm. I mean, some people want to create a certain style or to make a petal look a certain way. Then you would gravitate towards a certain type of yep. paper. And same thing with the color mediums mm-hmm. that you use as well. I mean, I personally uh, like to use both types of papers for different types of flowers and different reasons. And like you said, you know, the Italian 180 is fantastic for large flowers, even just larger petals in general. And if you want something that's super cupped, 180 grams is like unbeatable. It has amazing stretch and cupping ability, sculptural abilities, I would say. I mean, if you look at Kate's work recently, Mm -hmm. she's utilizing a lot of, yeah, she's using a lot of the grain lines, which are you know, natural characteristics of that kind of paper to create different forms and shapes. So I think it's kind of trying to maximize the personality and characteristics of that type of paper. Mm -hmm. That's kind of what you want to do. But yeah, I mean, the colors that that the 180 Mm -hmm. come in, you unbeatable. I think they're amazing. If you know how to use them in ways that, I guess, exemplify your paper style or your paper flowers, go ahead, Mm -hmm. use them. You know, it doesn't matter what other people 
use. If you like them, yep. use them. Experiment. So the 180, yeah, experiment. The 180, I have to say though, I do use them stretched mainly. I don't really rely a lot about their mm-hmm. cupping. I like to use the paper and kind of manipulate it after it's been yeah. stretched. It's kind of like paper sculpting yep. in cool a way. Part, I feel like they have so many amazing shades of colors. Like why oh, go yes. about taking the extra hip of coloring when you have all these beautiful colors already done? Yeah. Take advantage of that yeah. because that will shorten your time sure. a lot. Oh yeah. It's, yeah, I mean, and they're, they, they, you, there's no way you can dye papers as intensely mm-hmm. the color, I guess, the color to get the color as intense, sorry, um, as they appear in the 180. You just can't. You can get lighter shades of mm-hmm. them, but getting that intensity, like you need to use dyes. Yeah. And then that's like an extra step. That's extra time. Yeah. Like you, I would just rely on it. And I do, Me I too. rely on the colors yep. that I have. And then you can manipulate the yeah. colors. Like you can dye them, you can bleach them. You can, you know, put, dye them with tea. You can change them. You can use pastels. Yeah. Like you were saying, pan pastels work wonderfully. Mm-hmm. Brays do too. So it's kind of like working with what you have as an underlayer color, and then working on top of that and building on top mm-hmm. of that. Doublet crepe paper, one of our most reliable as well, mm-hmm works differently because it just has a different texture to it. It's just made differently. Mm -hmm. So there are advantages of that too, in that they do absorb liquids very well. So they do dye well. They do really well with alcohol hangs, even pastels because their grain lines are so, so fine. But at the same time, I wouldn't use doublet for everything either because there's, there's just certain flowers that, that lend themselves to something that's has a better, like a stronger structure Mm -hmm. than the double-sided, you know, I think we have preferences in terms of what types of paper we use for certain flowers, but I, but that does not mean at all that you can't use a different, you know, use all of the types mm-hmm. of papers to create the same type of flower. Because I mean, I will, my posy box, I'm going to just put it out. I try to send as many types of crepe paper as possible because I want people to experiment and to understand the paper even more. Not only do I send the Italian and the German, I also send out the US made or the Chinese made and the Mexican made. There's the mm-hmm. weight is really interesting. The color variations are really interesting. So sometimes you don't mm-hmm. want that heavy crepe, but sometimes you just need a little bit lighter. And I love the fact that the German crepe paper now introduced a 140 and their colors are pretty vibrant. Paper Mart is actually a great buy inexpensive paper when you're experimenting and changing the texture of it a little bit more mm-hmm. and also coloring mm-hmm. things a little bit more. And they also offer some really great colors that I have been elsewhere. Like they offer yeah. like that really light brown that's really great mm-hmm. for making making tree bark or making that mm-hmm. really light color for mushrooms. I think they're really, and yeah. they're also inexpensive compared to other crepe paper that we know. Yeah. I mean, we talk a lot about stretch, about the Italian having had a lot of stretch. That's wonderful if you want to use the stretch, mm-hmm. right? Yep. So I know some people, they don't like using the Chinese crepe paper that's from Paper Mart, but I mean, it really isn't as high quality as the Italian one it for isn't. sure. It's not. The stretch is you know, it doesn't hold very yeah. well. It's very flimsy. It's actually quite yeah. thin, the paper. But I mean, yeah, you, you, the, the great thing about it is that it yeah, is thin exactly. as well. And the centers. So use it like that. Use like use the properties that mm-hmm. it has and take advantage of those properties. I don't think there's anything negative about a type of paper. It's just how you want to mm-hmm. use it. I, and I think the question, it goes back to the question, what kind of weight, of, sorry, how do you know what weight of paper to use for different flowers? It's 
in a way, it's looking at what flower do you want to make? Mm-hmm. How do you want it to look? What And then determine like what weight to use. Do you want something heavier? Do you want something lighter? Do you want something that's kind of in the middle? Do you want it to be, do you want to utilize more of the paper's stretchability exactly. or its yeah. ability to flute? Like, I think that there's like a logical sequence in terms of thinking about what kind of paper to mm-hmm. use for the flower and not worry too much about what how other people do it, but you figure out and you kind of experiment with the paper and make that flower in different exactly. papers and see what you exactly. like. Exactly. I think the key is experimenting. And then like yeah. doing one day, like I'm going to try these centers, like laminating papers. You, when you want to laminate mm-hmm. certain things, the thinner the paper, the better it's going to laminate. Of course, the crepe mm-hmm. is not as, as hard as that 180 because it takes more glue because you have all those crevices yeah. to fill that in. Yeah. But you can still laminate heavy Italian crepe with thinner paper mm-hmm. to get a more yeah. versatile whatever project you, that you're going to be doing. Mm-hmm. So I think that's really important. Yeah. And speaking of the Chinese, I love laminating Chinese paper because it is thin. Mm-hmm. You can actually create so thin, yeah. um, a thicker paper with more versatile coloring method. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. The Chinese, I actually love their colors. They're muted colors. They're not it, essentially, it's just having more colors in your color palette yes. of crepe paper, I think. It doesn't, for me, it doesn't matter where it comes mm-hmm. from. If it's something that I don't have, it's a color I don't have, I, I like to have yeah. it. <laughs> and then I kind of figure out, well, what can I use it exactly. for? And as you experiment, you you will gravitate towards um, certain mm-hmm. techniques and you kind of find out yourself what you like. Yep. Yeah, I'm a plug-in for my book. <laughs> in my book, I do explain the different types of crepe papers and what I prefer and how I prefer to use them in terms of using either color techniques or laminating technique or even flowers. Yeah. But I mean, that's the way I do it. That's, there's no right way to do it at all. Quinn does it a different yep. way. Kate does it a different way. Like, So I think yeah, I, I, at the end of the day, get your hands on as many of these types of crepe papers or materials or color color solutions as you can, experiment with them, and then figure out what you mm-hmm. like, because what I like might not be what mm-hmm. you like. And I want to like talk about your book real quick. The one thing I really yeah. love about your book is you do experiment with a whole bunch of different types of crepe paper, and it really yes. shows what paper actually works. The versatility. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And what the, works best yeah. in that particular method. Yeah. I mean, you can replace any of the paper with any one that you mm-hmm. have, but you just, you know, yes. it depends on what you love to work with, how you're going to, yeah. what result that you want. I purposely in my book, so I purposely try to include my experiences with the different types of papers I use and the different color mediums, especially how the papers absorb water or don't absorb mm-hmm. water. And there's no, no pros and cons about whether they can or cannot. If they cannot, there are different effects that can be created. Mm-hmm. Exactly. As a result of the 180 not being able to absorb paper, uh, sorry, liquids as well as let's say the mm-hmm. doublet. And I think you need to take advantage yeah. of that because that will elevate your art. Yeah. I don't think you should be stuck with, oh, well, I can't do that. So I'm not going to mm-hmm. use it. No, I think that's a, a jumping point for inspiration. In fact, yeah, check out my book. Because <laughs> I do include their different ways and it will actually tell you a lot about the personalities of the papers. So if you want to write shortcut, if you don't go ahead and like get your hands dirty, just experiment on your own and then you'll find what you like and what you don't exactly. like. So thank you, Shirley and Louisa for those questions. We really appreciate it. If you have any other questions for us, make sure you message us and let us know any questions that you want us to answer. We're going to be doing more of these segments in the future and so excited to be answering your questions with some of our insights. If you're loving the Paper Talk podcast, let us know. I mean, anything that is encouraging us to find more great speakers, more topics, we would love that so much. Thank you so much for listening. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.